Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Daily Prayer Walk. This is Penny from HappyLittleMama.com, Penny's Empowerment Club.com, Club.com, and a few other .coms. Today is Wednesday, November 11th, 2015. That's the 29th of Cheshvan in the year 5776 on the Hebrew calendar. Today's Psalm rotation are chapters 140 through 144, and our daily thought is Stand Tall. If you'd like to get a free copy of our agenda so that you can follow along and have access to the prayers and the music that we generally listen to, you can do so by heading over to any one of those websites forward slash walk, pennysempowermentclub.com forward slash walk, happylittlemama.com forward slash walk, cjskidsclub.com forward slash walk. And you'll have the opportunity to download not just this agenda, but also a free prayer request log, which is a tool I highly, highly recommend for helping to build your faith. So let's go ahead and get started with the Dear Lord Prayer. I know I haven't really been following the format per se for the last few days. I've been (laughs) going out of order on some of those things. Uh, I want to go ahead and get back to the agenda. And again, if you would like for us to go back to using the music, then please, by all means, let us know and we'll put the music back in here. Otherwise, we're going to go ahead and just focus on prayer and meeting our one-hour time limit together. So here we go. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our being able to see and hear this morning. We are blessed because you are forgiving God and an understanding God. You have done so much for us and you keep on blessing us. Forgive us for everything we have done, said, or thought that was not pleasing to you, and for the times when we withheld a blessing or did not come to the defense of someone who needed it. We ask for your forgiveness. Please keep us safe from all danger and harm. Help us to make the best of each and every day to clear our minds so that we can hear from you. Please broaden our minds that we can accept all things. Let us not whine and whimper over things we have no control over, and it's the best response when we're pushed beyond our limits. We know that when we can't pray, you listen to our hearts. Continue to use us to do your will. Continue to bless us that we may be a blessing to others. Keep us strong that we may help the weak. Keep us uplifted that we may have words of encouragement for others. We pray for those that are lost and can't find their way. We pray for those that are misjudged and misunderstood. We pray for those who don't know you intimately. We pray for those that don't believe, but we thank you that we believe. We believe that God changes people and God changes things. We pray for all our sisters and brothers and for each and every family member in their households. We pray for peace, love, and joy in their homes that they are out of debt and all their needs are met. We pray that every eye that reads this knows there is no problem, circumstance, or situation greater than God. Every battle is in your hands for you to fight. We pray that these words words be received into the hearts of every eye that sees it and every ear that hears it. God, we love you and we need you. Come into our hearts, please. Amen. Now this prayer is an amazing prayer that I actually got off of a chain letter that was sent to me via email, I think in 1998 or so. Um, it has just stayed with me. I've loved it so much that I actually have started, uh, I modified it a bit and use it on a daily basis. So it's kind of interesting how we can take a bit of knowledge from different places and use it in our own spiritual life. Religions and uh, their dogmas, they have good intentions and, well, most of them have good intentions, I should say. Most people do. Um, 
And even if they are not for you, there might be something that you can glean that you can use from that. And so I personally, even though I myself don't have a specific religion, I do have respect for those that do. And uh, I try to learn from wherever I can and take the information that works for me and put aside the rest. And I highly encourage you to do the same thing with anything that I share. I'm going to try to my best to make sure that I'm only sharing good quality content and material. But at the same time, if there's ever something that does not resonate with you and something that just seems off in your own spiritual practice or in your own life, then I encourage you to take it all with a grain of salt and, you know, push it aside. If it's not for you, that's great. You know, it might be a word for someone else. And at the same time, as they say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are a lot of resources, myself included, that are not going to be for you 100% of the time, but you'll come and you'll go from them. Sort of like a butterfly is, is flying around from flower to flower. Sometimes you're going to feel that you are that butterfly and you're floating around looking for the right thing and it doesn't seem like anything fits you. I am going to tell you that no one's path is the same. So if you do feel this way, I want you to please be encouraged and to know, you know, this, this is a process. It's, it's a daily basis type thing. As you go forward, you're going to come across resources and something might be amazing. Don't feel guilty if you're going to go listen to somebody else's prayer podcast. If you feel that somebody else is, is talking about the subject in a better way than I'm expressing it. You know, then later, if you decide, Hey, you know what? I'm going through this situation and she made sense to me or she spoke to my soul at the time. You're always welcome to come back. And at the same time, you're always welcome to learn from different areas as well. And I sincerely appreciate your feedback. Whenever you're giving me information about what is working for you and if anything that I'm saying is resonating with you, if you're having an aha moment, all of the things that you share with me, and you can always request that they remain private, that I don't share that with others. Otherwise, some things can really inspire others to move forward because they're going through a lot of the same kind of situations. And if not, maybe they're barely coming into a situation that you got out of. And so you can be very, very inspiring. But at the same time, I don't want to violate your privacy. And if you don't feel comfortable with your name or your information, your specific information being shared, uh, let me know. And I will make sure that I don't give out that information. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I want you to know that you can be a light to a lot of other people. So you're going through something really hard. And if you feel that you're alone and you're standing there and there's no one to help you, I guarantee you there's somebody else that's either feeling the same way right now or they're going to feel that way in a little bit. And that's always, you know, the difficult part is when we're standing up and we're alone. We feel we're being attacked and we're actually not sure what we can even do anymore. How can we escape? How can we be blessed? How can we? And you know what? We wake up every morning and every morning is a blessing. <laughs> it might not feel like it at the time, but every morning is a blessing and it's a chance for us to move forward and to do something great for ourselves, for our children, and also for the world around us. And that doesn't mean that you become a superhero or you become so selfless, you give up all your material possessions, your home, your vehicles to go serve others. There are many, many ways to serve others. You can be the best mechanic. And I use this this example is so powerful to me. You can be the best mechanic in the world and that will make you one of the greatest servants ever. Because our cars are not just cars. We might look at them. Oh, this is pretty. I like this one. It's so comfy. I love the leather seats. I love this stuff. 
And we're not thinking about the mechanical parts of it. And the mechanical parts are what make it go. They're also what make it stop and the things that keep us safe. If something goes wrong in there, you know, if like a motor mount, if it fails and our motor falls down, you know, our motor falls out and it'll be scraping on the floor. Someone could come behind us and, you know, we have an accident or something bad or, you know, even, God forbid, like explosions or something can happen or, you know, all kinds of mechanical malfunctions. And we never think about that. And also the tire shops. And I know that we recently had to replace some tires on the truck on the F-350. And <laughs> oh my gosh, I was like, oh my God, I, I don't remember tires costing so much. Uh, the tires on my Escape didn't cost as much as these do, but we have these uh, off-road, these bigger off-road tires, so you're going to pay more. And when we're thinking about the price of that and the cost of that, we're thinking about what we'd like our tires to do. We're not really thinking about the safety aspect of that, are we? And yet that's what the mechanic is not only trained to do, but is paid to do. They're paid to take care of the mechanical parts of our vehicles that keep us safe. Those are the things that take us to work and bring us from work, that take our kids to school, that take us to parties, that take us to and from the hospital when we have our babies. You know, think about how important that vehicle actually is beyond the way that it looks and beyond the way that it drives. This thing has to be safe. Now, if you find a good mechanic, this is not somebody that we want to be nickel and diming because this is our safety. The safety of our children, if anybody that's in that vehicle with us, and then, of course, the people around us, because if our brakes fail, it's not just us that can get injured. We can injure someone else. You know, we can cause a lot of damage. Vehicles are huge, potentially deadly weapons. So a mechanic, just by doing the best job that he can do, that he or she can do, automatically becomes a servant. And by treating people with dignity and respect, and doing the best job they can, not only are they building their business, but they're building really, really good karma. You know, they're building up all these little bonus points in heaven because they're trying to do that the best, the best that they can do. And sometimes on a budget, sometimes we really can't afford the cost of the repairs that, that have to be done to our vehicle to make them run at their best and at their safest. So a lot of times these mechanics are the ones that are having to make judgment calls on what gets done on our vehicle and what doesn't. And, uh, you know, a lot of us are focusing on how things look. We're looking, <laughs> my daughter, we're focusing on, uh, yeah, so when you have a home studio, a lot of times you are going to have some interesting things happen, like your child <laughs> lying on the floor and calling you from underneath the door. <laughs> You're not going to notice this pause, but I'm going to stop this right here. I'm going to see what my daughter's up to and I'll be right back. Okay, so I'm back. And again, I do need to apologize. This um, episode is obviously pre-recorded. I normally like to do these live, uh, but due to some situations that are going around and going on right now, uh, I wasn't able to, but I'm still doing the best that I can to be here and to make sure that I put the effort forward to do my work to do my job, to do the thing that I, I love to do. This, I feel, is uh, my calling. This is where my soul feels like I belong in, in this kind of empowerment arena, I guess you could say. Um, so let's go ahead and continue. Normally, what we like to do is we go into the daily thought. We say chapter 145 in the Psalms. We'll say the Shema. 
and head into the psalm notation before we go into the Tehillim. Um, if you are not sure what the Shema is, you can find that in the Daily Prayer Walk Agenda. And of course, along with the other prayers as well, you'll have links to them so that you can access those prayers either before the show begins or during the show or whenever you'd like. That is a totally free PDF download for you. And again, I highly encourage you to pick up the prayer request log, which is something that I continuously talk about. It's a faith building tool between that and a gratitude journal. You definitely start to see changes. You start to see God moving in your life because he is moving in our lives. We just don't see it. We're so busy and we keep looking for the big, the big moment when we're like, oh, God did this. And we're missing all the little things, all the things that he does for us on a daily basis. So those are two really, really powerful tools that I highly encourage you to pick up. So today's daily thought is stand tall. Worry is humiliating. Trust is dignity. To worry is to worship the world. To fall on your knees in dread and grovel before it. To trust is to lift up your eyes and stand tall as the heavens. To live with nothing else but the bond between God above and you below. Wow, if that is not, and I know that I say on a daily basis, I'm like, oh, that's a powerful thought. That's a powerful thought. This is one of those thoughts that's like, it's someone punching you, like when your friend is saying, hey, snap out of it, and they slap you in the face or something, like, hey, you know, wake up. This is one of those moments. This is one of those slap you in the face, wake up moment thoughts. When we worry, we're worshiping the world, and we're falling on our knees in dread and groveling before it. I'd never thought about it that way. And yet, if you think about it, like, I'm a very visual person. So to read this to me, I am picturing some, like somebody or even myself where it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? How am I? So then it is like we're on all fours and crawling and oh my gosh, what is, you know, that's a very upsetting, embarrassing thought, actually. It's very disconcerting to think about it that way. But whenever we trust, that's dignity and that's us lifting up our eyes and standing tall as the heavens. To live with nothing else but the bond between God above and you below. So when we trust, it's that bond and when you're strengthening that bond with God. But you know what? It's really hard to do when you're struggling, when you go through some really, really difficult things, when a girl is raped, and she's having her her rapist baby. You know, it's really hard in that moment to see or to think about everything that you went through, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and sexually, because there are those five aspects to us. And when you've been violated or when you've been hurt in all five of those areas, not just in, it's not just being raped. There are many ways to be raped, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, mentally. You can have your trust violated. You can be betrayed by your husband. You can be targeted for a crime. And you feel bad. And you wonder what you did to deserve that. 
Sometimes we can trace activities that we maybe we did something. And so we say, okay, well, I deserve what happened to me. But even if you look at the situation, you say, I caused this to happen. It still doesn't make it feel any better. Because whether we caused it to happen or not, it still happened to us. And we can look around and we can see other people who are doing the same thing, if not worse. And they don't have any consequences. And that's when it's really, really hard to hang on to the faith. And in the Bible, it says that the ones that God loves, he chastises. And then we're reading those prayers where it says that the evil man has an easy life. It seems like they have everything that they want. But it also says in there, he might have all of that, but it's to his detriment. Because as he keeps going, he eventually gets destroyed. And the Bible will say, seek him, and he won't be found anymore. You know? But at the same time, yes, it says that, but it's a totally different thing from reading it and applying it to our lives and actually believing believing it applies to us, for one thing, and for another thing is accepting that. Because when we've been hurt, when we've had something happen to us, there's something in us that rises up and says, why? Why me? What did I do? And maybe I did something, but somebody did worse than I did. So why am I the one getting punished? And we know that it said that, you know, God has everything planned out. He has a big picture. He knows what he wants to happen. And it's like, well, did he intend this to happen to me? And at the same time, where does our free will fit in? And it's it's kind of weird because he does have a general plan, but we have free will as to what role we play in that plan. And just because we start out as one thing doesn't mean we're going to stay that one thing for the rest of the plan. We can either float in or float out of it, and we can be one thing or we can be something else. It all depends on our mindset. It depends where we are in our lives, and it depends on how we're reacting to the situations. So actually, it is, there is no conflict. There is free will and there is also his master plan. And that's where it gets dicey. It's the whole faith part. And when we start to wonder, you know, what's going on, we're trying to seek him. Why are we being punished for seeking him? Well, it's kind of like, as a parent, you know, you have your child doing something. Our, your whole goal is to raise the best person that you can raise, to have your child have the best life possible. And unfortunately, sometimes that means disciplining them. And actually, you are going to discipline the child that listens to you more, the child that wants to or is open to correction. Oh, you're totally going to love that. Be like, hey, yeah, you know, I need to mold this person or this child into the best person that they can be. First of all, we got to teach them discipline, responsibility, uh, respect, how to be courteous to others, empathy, compassion. So if you make a list of all the things that you want for your child, all the things that you want to teach your child before they turn 18, before the world says they can go do whatever they want, you have those formative years. Unfortunately, now it's like getting less than that, even legally 18, but as far as the world is concerned, I guess about 13, because that's whenever they're able to get their social media accounts and everything now. And not just that on many religions and spiritual practices believe that by 13, we become responsible for our actions. 
because we're old enough to understand. So we actually have a smaller window of opportunity from the time the children are born to about the when they're 12 years old-ish. The world keeps putting that a little bit further back and further back and actually making them more adult-like. Uh, little girls dressing like adults now. Adults going to a club. Uh, times change, things change, but people don't change. We are the same character-wise. The same temptations we have now are the temptations that were around then. We, our technology might be a bit different, but people are people. So, you might feel you're going through something nobody understands. I guarantee you that there is at least one person in this world that does. And if there isn't, you need to look in the Bible because you find everything there. The good with the bad is just... Sorry, my throat's getting a little scratchy there. You'll find the good, the bad, and everything in between, which is what most of us fall into. We try to be good, but sometimes we're going to mess up, so we're somewhere around the middle line. But we try to aim it more in the direction of the good side. And that's hard to do if it's difficult to hang on to our faith, because we've gone through so much. And when you go through so much, you have doubts. Is he really there? Is he really there for me? And that's when worry starts coming in because we're doubting our God. We don't have that total faith. Which is a difficult thing. And this is not a, it's not a judgment upon anybody because we all struggle with this at some point. And this is why it's so important to have fellowship with others. United we stand. By ourselves we fall. And that's really difficult to do because that means that we have to trust others. In the military, you have to trust your brothers in arms, the people in your unit. It's kind of like that in the world, too. We don't face the the kind of war that a soldier might face, but we do face spiritual war. We're facing battles on every front for our minds, our bodies, our emotions, everything, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, sexual. We're constantly having battles on all five of those levels. Which is why at the end of the day, you're probably really tired. <laughs> I know that we all get tired. We're trying to do everything. And at the same time, we have this world to contend with. And we have bills to pay. we got things to do. Maintenance to take care of. Homes, vehicles, everything. Medical appointments. When we're wrapped up in everything it is that we have to do. And we're facing all these fears and worries. When you start to feel that you're worrying that's when we're looking at the world. That's when it says we're falling in and on our knees in dread and groveling before it. We're making the world our little G God. But when we're able to trust, that's different. It gives us an air of dignity. It gives us an air of self-respect. And we know it's okay. Somehow it's going to be okay. If you need help hanging on to that, if you need help building your faith, I encourage you to get in contact with me. I'd be more than willing to lend a listening ear to kick your butt if I need to. Not physically, of course. But to give you a few words that you know how important you are and what you're going through, it's not going to necessarily condemn you. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of God because I don't know what he says or what he thinks. But It does say that he doesn't want anyone to perish. And if someone has messed up, 
his greatest thing isn't a sacrifice. His greatest thing is a broken heart, a sincere and broken heart to come to him in repentance. You know, that's it. That doesn't mean that you're going to get that from me. It just means that I'm gone. I've gone through a lot. And I can understand. And if I can't understand or if I haven't gone through quite what you're going through, at least I can empathize. Because we're human. <laughs> and if it's not me, reach out to someone else. Reach out for fellowship. The more that you can feel you can reach out to others, the less alone you are going to feel. And you're going to notice yourself getting out of that funk and getting out of that cycle. And of course, the the journal, a gratitude journal. Get a cheap little spiral notebook for a dollar anywhere or one of those, you know, little composition books and have it dedicated just to being your gratitude journal and write in it every single evening. And if you can't think of anything, at least do three points, three things that happened during the day that you are grateful for. And just start doing that. And by the time you know it, you're going to have a huge list. Of course, if you have more than three things, by all means, write them in there as well. But you're going to notice a huge difference just in that. Then in the morning, you can do the same thing. You wake up, you give thanks for being alive. You know, you say your prayers, you join me for the daily prayer walk, right? Uh huh. <laughs> start your day with that, with praise, with prayer. Get the book Miracle Mornings. That is an amazing book. That's going to make such a huge difference in your life. You'll see that between that, during the, the Miracle Morning, which is about an hour. And I know that we say we already don't have enough time, but trust me, this is worth it. You definitely have to do that. And I'm actually going to have a challenge coming up for that, that you can join me for free, mind you. Join in and we can keep each other encouraged and inspired, empowered and moving forward. So with that said, let's go ahead and move on because I could be here all day on this topic. Worry is humiliating and trust is dignity. To worry is to worship the world, to fall on your knees in dread and grovel before it. That is a very powerful visual right there. So our Psalms for today are chapters 140 through 144. And as always, we start with chapter 145. And wouldn't you know it, I don't have it open. Let me see here. Sorry about that. <laughs> Apparently I have everything except that. So here we go. Go to my agenda. The links on the agenda are active. So you can actually just click on the links and it opens the browser up for you, which is what I did right now. So I don't have to be searching for anything. Chapter 145. A praise of David. I shall exalt you, my God, the King, and I shall bless your name forever and ever. Every day I shall bless you and I shall praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and very much praised and his greatness cannot be searched. Generation to generation will praise your works and they will recite your mighty deeds. Of the majesty of the glory of your splendor and the words of your wonders I shall speak and the strength of your awesome deeds they will tell. And your greatness I shall sing. Of the remembrance of your abundant goodness they will speak and of your righteousness they will sing. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and his mercies are on all his works. All your works will thank you, O Lord, and your pious ones will bless you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and they will speak of your might to make known to the children of men his mighty deeds and the glory of the majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom of all times and your ruling is in every generation. The Lord supports all those who fall and straightens all who are bent down. Everyone's eyes look to you with hope and you give them their food in its time. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with its desire. 
The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is near to all who call him, to all who call him with sincerity. He does the will of those who fear him, and he hears their cry and saves them. The Lord guards all who love him, and he destroys all the wicked. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And again, if you'd like to follow along with these prayers, you can find them on the Daily Prayer Walk Agenda, which is available for free at pennysempowermentclub.com forward slash walk. So here we go. We're going into chapters 140 through 144. Chapter 140. David composed a psalm against his slanderers, especially the chief conspirator, Dog. Anyone confronted by slanderers should recite this psalm. For the conductor, a psalm by David. Rescue me from the evil man, protect me from the man of violence, who devise evil schemes in their heart. Every day they gather for wars. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The spider's venom is forever under their lips. Guard me, Lord, from the hand of the wicked. Protect me from the man of violence, those who plot to cause my steps to slip. Arrogant ones have hidden a snare for me, and ropes. They spread a net by my path. They set traps for me continually. I said to the Lord, You are my God. Listen, O Lord, to the voice of my pleas. God, my Lord, the strength of my deliverance. You sheltered my head on the day of armed battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Fulfill not his scheme. Make it unattainable forever. As for the head of my besiegers, let the deceit of their own lips bury them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let it cast them down into the fire, into the deep pits, never to rise again. Let not the slanderous man be established in the land. Let the evil of the man of violence trap him until he is overthrown. I know that the Lord will execute judgment for the poor, justice for the needy. Indeed, the righteous will extol your name. The upright will dwell in your presence. Amen. Chapter 141 This psalm teaches an important lesson. One should pray for divine assistance, that his mouth not speak that which is not in his heart. The gatekeeper only allows the gate to be opened for a purpose. Let it be the same with one's lips. A Psalm by David O Lord, I have called you. Hasten to me. Listen to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be set forth as incense before you, the raising of my hands as an afternoon offering. O Lord, place a guard for my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to a bad thing, to perform deeds in wickedness with men, doers of evil. Let me not partake of their delicacies. Let the righteous one strike me with kindness, and let him rebuke me like the finest oil. Let my head not refuse it. For as long as I live, my prayer is to preserve me from their harm. For their judges have slipped because of their hearts of rock, though they heard my words and they were pleasant. As one who chops and splinters wood on the ground, so have our bones been scattered to the mouth of the grave. For to you, God, my Lord, are my eyes. In you I take shelter. Do not pour out my soul. Protect me from the hands of the snare they laid for me, and from the traps of the evildoers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets together until I pass over. Amen. Chapter 142 David composed the psalm while hiding from Saul in a cave, at which time he had cut off the corner of Saul's garment to prove that he was able to kill him, but did not wish to do so. He declared, Where can I turn, and where can I run? All I have is to cry out to you. A Maskell by David, when he was in the cave, a prayer. With my voice I will cry out to the Lord. With my voice I will call out to the Lord in supplication. I will pour out my plea before him. I will declare my distress in his presence. When my spirit is faint within me, you know my path. In the way in which I walk, they have hidden a snare for me. 
Look to my right and see there is none that will know me. Every escape is lost to me. No man cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my song of prayer, for I have been brought very low. Deliver me from my pursuers, for they are too mighty for me. Release my soul from confinement so that it may acknowledge your name. Because of me, the righteous will crown you when you will deal gracious with me. Amen. Chapter 143, a Psalm by David O Lord, hear my prayer. Lend your ear to my supplications. With your faithfulness answer me, and with your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for no living being would be vindicated before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground. He has set me down in dark places, like those who are eternally dead. Then my spirit became faint within me, my heart was dismayed within me. I remember the days of old, I meditated on all your deeds, I spoke of your handiwork. I spread out my hands to you like a languishing land, my soul yearns after you, Salah. Answer me soon, O Lord, my spirit is spent, hide not your face from me, lest I become like those who descend into the pit. Let me hear your kindness in the morning, for I have trusted in you. Let me know the way in which I should walk, for to you I have lifted my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have concealed my troubles from all, save you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me in an even path. For the sake of your name, O Lord, give me life. In your righteousness, take my soul out of distress. And in your kindness, cut off my enemies and obliterate all those who oppress my soul. For I am your servant. Amen. Chapter 144 after triumphing in all his wars, David composed the psalm in praise of God. By David Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war, my source of kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my rescuer, my shield in whom I take refuge. It is he who makes my people submit to me. O Lord, what is a man that you have recognized him, the son of a mortal that you are mindful of him? Man is like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. O Lord, incline your heavens and descend. Touch the mountains and they will become vapor. Flash one bolt of lightning and you will scatter them. Send out your arrows and you will confound them. Stretch forth your hands from on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of many waters from the hand of strangers, whose mouths speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. God, I will sing a new song to you. I will play to you upon a harp of ten strings. He who gives victory to kings, he will rescue David his servant from the evil sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of strangers, whose mouth speaks deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. For our sons are like plants, brought up to manliness in their youth. Our daughters are like cornerstones, fashioned after the fashion of a palace. Our storehouses are full, overflowing with all manner of food. Our sheep increase by the thousands, growing by the tens of thousands in our open fields. Our leaders bear the heaviest burden. There is none who break through, nor is there bad report, nor outcry in our streets. Happy is the nation for whom this is so. Happy is that nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. A parent's prayer. It's particularly important to pray for good and upright children. While praying for this, one should also ask Hashem to provide them with all of their needs and to send them their life's mate. It was you, Hashem, our God, before creation, and it is you, Hashem, our God, since creation. From this world to the world to come, you are God. You created the world in order to make your godliness known through your holy Torah, as the sages of blessed memory taught in the beginning. The world was created for the sake of Torah and for the sake of Israel. 
For Israel is your nation and your heritage. It is the nation you chose from all others to whom you gave your holy Torah and which you brought close to your great name. To ensure the continuation of your Torah, we receive from you, Hashem our God, two commandments. You wrote in your Torah, Be fruitful and multiply, and you also wrote, You shall teach them to your children. These two commandments have a single purpose. You did not create the world so that it would be desolate, but rather that it be inhabited by people. It is for your honor that you made, created, and fashioned the world, so that we, our offspring, and the offspring of all your people, the house of Israel, know your name and study your Torah. And so we come before you, Hashem, King who reigns over kings, and we cast our supplications before you. And so we come before you, Hashem, King who reigns over kings, and we cast our supplications before you. Our eyes dependently look toward you until you be gracious to us and hear our pleas and grant us sons and daughters. And may they too be fruitful and multiply, they, their children, and their grandchildren, until the end of all generations, so that they and we might be engrossed in your holy Torah, learning, teaching, safeguarding, performing, and fulfilling all the words of your Torah's teaching with love. Enlighten our eyes in your Torah and attach our hearts to your commandments to love and fear your name. Our Father, merciful Father, grant us all long and blessed life, who is like you, merciful Father, who recalls his creatures mercifully for life. Remember us for eternal life, just as Avram our father prayed, O oh, that Ishmael might live before you with fear of heaven. It is for this reason that we come to ask and plead before you that our children and grandchildren be upright offspring, that no blemish or imperfection be found in our children or grandchildren, that they enjoy only peace, truth, and goodness, and that they be upstanding in the eyes of God and man. May they become people of Torah, masters of Scripture, Mishnah and Talmud, masters of the secrets of Torah, people of mitzvot and acts of kindness, people of sterling character, and may they serve you with love and with true internalized fear of heaven, not merely apparent fear. Please give each individual among our descendants all their needs in an honorable fashion. Grant them health, honor, strength, and give them stature, beauty, charm, and kindness. May there be love, brotherhood, and peace among them. Provide for them proper mates from families of Torah scholars and righteous God-fearing Jews or Gentiles. And may their mates also be blessed with everything we have asked you to grant them, since one prayer can affect the lives of many. You, Hashem, know all deep secrets, and before you all the recesses of our hearts lay bare. You know that all which we ask is for the sake of your great and hallowed name, and for the sake of your holy Torah. Therefore answer us, Hashem, please answer us, for the sake of our holy patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because the forefathers assist the offspring so that they grow to be branches which reflect their roots. Do so for the sake of King David, the fourth leg of the holy chariot, who sings, inspired by your Holy Spirit. A Song of Ascents Praiseworthy is each person who fears Hashem, who walks in his paths. When you eat the labor of your hands, you are praiseworthy, and it is well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the inner chambers of your home. Your children shall be like olive shoots surrounding your table. Behold, for so is blessed the man who fears Hashem. May Hashem bless you from Zion, and may you gaze upon the goodness of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you see children born to your children. Peace upon Israel. Please, Hashem, who hears our prayers, may the words of the prophet, and as for me, this is my covenant with them, said Hashem, my spirit that is upon you, and my words that I have placed in your mouth, shall not be withdrawn from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, said Hashem, from this moment and forever, be fulfilled regarding us. May the expressions of our mouths and the thoughts of our hearts find favor before you, Hashem, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Selichol for Children's Illnesses The following two verses are recited responsively. Do not please place upon us guilt for our sin, that we have been foolish, and that we have sinned. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. O God, please cure now the illnesses of Israel. 
called the vine that is fruitful, that shame, disgraced, and miserable is its fruit. Redeem it from ruin and from a wound that is festering. Answer us as you answered Abraham our father on Mount Moriah. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. The bannered camp of the nation, who were redeemed with God's arm bared, rescue them from plague and let them not become torn apart. Answer our call, for the work of your hands show yearning concern. Answer us as you answered our forefathers at the Sea of Reeds. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. The merit of the rock Abraham from whom we were hewn, today on our behalf reveal. Spare us from anger and guide us on a straight path. Cleanse our impurity and the light of your Torah to our eyes reveal. Answer us as you answered Joshua and Gilgal. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. O God, see the ashes of the bound one Isaac and cause to sprout for a secure. Bring it into plunder and destruction, storm and tempest. Teach us and give us the wisdom of your word which is flawless. Answer us as you answered Samuel and Mizpah. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. The one who was perfect from the womb Jacob, his roots do not allow to wither. Cleanse us from stain and disgrace and let us not become miserable. Give us support so that we may be saved and from your ways of kindness let us benefit. Answer us as you answered Elijah on Mount Carmel. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. Strengthen us through the righteousness of Moses who was drawn from the water and forgive willful sin and unintentional sin. Save us from panic of death and backward let us not retreat. Command our salvation, and in our iniquities let us not dissolve. Answer us as you answered Jonah in the innards of the fish. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. The holiness of your devout man Aaron, remember for the one Israel having lovely footsteps. Your mercy arouse, for you have been smitten doubly. Return us forcefully to your reverence, and let not be exposed our sins visible on the bottom of our garments. Answer us as you answered David and Solomon his son in Jerusalem. We have sinned our rock, forgive us our molder. Amen. The Chapter of Manna The commentators cite the Yerushalami that one who recites this chapter every day is assured that his food will not be lacking. Levish explains that this chapter teaches that God provides each day's sustenance, just as he provided the manna each day in the wilderness. This is important to remember that this is not just a financial thing. This is everything that we need, every spiritual need. When God led his people into the desert, their shoes didn't waste away, their clothing didn't waste away, they had the food and the water that they needed for each day. May it be the will before you, Hashem our God and the God of our forefathers, that you provide a livelihood for all of your people, the house of Israel, and my livelihood, and the livelihood of the members of my household included with them, with ease and not with pain, with honor and not with disgrace, in a permissible manner and not in a forbidden manner, so that we will be able to perform your service and study your Torah just as you nourished our fathers, our forefathers with manna in the wilderness, in a land arid and desolate. Exodus chapter 16 verses 4 through 36 Hashem said to Moses, Behold, I shall rain down for you food from heaven, that the people go out and pick the portion of each day on its day, so that I can test them, whether they will follow my teaching or not. And it shall be on the sixth day when they prepare what they bring that it will be double over what they pick every day. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, In the evening you shall know that Hashem took you out from the land of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of Hashem when he hears your complaints against Hashem, for we are nothing that you should incite complaints against us. Moses said, When Hashem gives you in the evening meat to eat and bread in the morning for Sadie, as Hashem hears your complaints that you incite against him, for we are nothing, not against us or your complaints, but against Hashem. Moses said to Aaron, Say to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, Draw near before Hashem, for he has heard your complaints. And it happened when Aaron spoke to the entire assembly of the children of Israel, 
they turned toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of Hashem was seen in a cloud. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, In the afternoon you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be sated with bread, and you shall know that I am Hashem your God. And it happened in the evening that the quail went up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew surrounding the camp. Evaporated the layer of dew, and behold, upon the surface of the wilderness was something thin exposed, thin like frost upon the earth. The children of Israel saw, and they said one to another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, This is the food that Hashem has given you to eat. This is the thing that Hashem has commanded. Gather from it, for each man according to what he eats, an omer per person according to the number of your people. Each man for whomever is in his tent shall you take. They did so, the children of Israel, and they gathered he who took more and he who took less. And they measured in an omer, and no extra had the one who had taken more, and the one who had taken less was not lacking. Everyone according to what he eats had they gathered. Moses said to them, Each person shall not leave over of it until morning, but they did not listen to Moses. And some people left over from it until morning, and it became infested with worms, and it stank. And angry at them was Moses. They gathered it morning by morning, every man according to what he eats, and in the heat of the sun it melted. It happened on the sixth day that they gathered food that was double, two omers for each one, and they came, all the princes of the assembly, and they told Moses. He said to them, This is what Hashem had spoken, a rest day, a Sabbath of holiness, for Hashem is tomorrow. That which you wish to bake, bake, and that which you wish to cook, cook, and all that is left over, put away for yourselves, for safekeeping, until the morning. They put it away until morning, as Moses had commanded, and it did not stink, and infestation was not in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for it is a Sabbath today for Hashem. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days shall you gather it, but on the seventh day of Sabbath there will not be any on it. It happened on the seventh day, some went out from the people to gather, and they did not find. Hashem said to Moses, Until when will you all refuse to observe my commandments and my teachings? See that Hashem has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day food for two days. You should remain each man in his place. Let not go out any man from his place on the seventh day. Rest of the people on the seventh day. They called the house, the house of Israel its name manna. It was like the seed of coriander, but white. And its taste was like a cake fried in honey. Moses said, This is the thing that Hashem has commanded. An omer full of it shall be for a safeguarded treasure for your generations, so that they will see the food that I fed you in the wilderness when I took you up from the land of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take one jar and put there an omer full of manna and place it before Hashem as a safeguarded treasure for your generations. As Hashem commanded to Moses, Aaron placed it before the Ark of Testimony as a safeguarded treasure. The children of Israel ate the manna for forty years until they came to a land that was inhabited. The manna they ate until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The Omer, a tenth of an epoch, it is. Amen. It's really important to bless yourself on a daily basis. It might not seem like it, but the world curses us constantly. Words are very, very powerful. And when we're surrounded by messages telling us that we're not pretty enough, we're not smart enough, we're not rich enough, we're not skinny enough, we're not voluptuous enough, we're not anything enough, those words start to seep into us. And we already have our own self-doubts. We're already facing different challenges. We're putting our skills to the test. And sometimes we don't feel that we're meeting those tests. And to constantly be bombarded by all the negative, all these negative messages that are designed to get us to buy things. Because if we buy a certain thing, it's going to make us whatever. It isn't really. What makes us something is us. What's inside us. There's something very, very special inside you, something that gets lost when you start to believe all the negativity that goes on around you. 
And we might think that a curse is, um, you know, the stereotypical Halloween witch around a cauldron with a broom, uh, a wart on her nose, green skin and cackling as she's casting a spell on someone. And that's not necessarily the case. That actually isn't the case. Words are powerful. And even just when you say a curse word and you're saying, well, you know, you say the D word, the four letter D word, D-A-M-N-U. You are condemning someone. You're damning someone with your voice, with your words. That right there was a curse. When you build somebody up by giving them a compliment, you're actually blessing them. There's so many different ways to bless people, both by word and by deed. And it's very important to bless yourself in both of those ways. The most powerful one that you can do is literally place your hand upon your head as we say this prayer. And as we're doing that, I want to imagine, I want you to imagine that there is this really bright white light that's coming from above that God is basically shining himself down on you, letting loose a shaft of white light to come upon you. And as it comes on you, you feel it washing over you. You feel the warmth of the light because it's so powerful that it actually emits warmth. And you can just feel it wash over you. And you can feel it touching all those parts, all the injuries, anything that hurts on your body. You feel that bright, warm light just flowing through you and touching you in those places that hurt. Those physical places, the mental places, if you have any memories that hurt. Emotions. If there's something that made you feel bad and and it's something that you have inside, you might feel it as your tummy is clenching because you don't want to go deal with the situation. You might feel like you're going to be, that you're nauseous, that you can't eat, you're upset. Whatever it might be, any of those things, if you have a worry, anxiety, you're not sure how you're going to do something, imagine that really bright white warm light just washing over you and just totally enveloping you to where that's all you feel and it's so bright if you can you can close your eyes and it'll help you to picture that and picture that as God coming and blessing you for the day put your head down a bit and if possible you know you can raise your hand to the sky or, or put your hands on your head as we say this prayer you ready Blessed are you, divine and infinite one, great guardian of the universe, who showers goodness upon all because we are all deserving of goodness. Blessed are you who guides us in the right directions. Blessed are you who watches over and protects us by sending guardians our way. Blessed are you who empowers us to protect ourselves from harm of any kind, from harming ourselves, from harming others, from harming the world around us. Blessed are you who empowers us to bring goodness upon ourselves by making healthy and self-loving choices in our lives. May our own goodness, protection, and empowerment continue, and may we all know, see, and feel without a doubt the goodness that exists within ourselves, within everyone, within everything. May the Infinite One who has bestowed these blessings of goodness continue to shower them upon those who are safe, and especially upon those who are in need and unsafe in the world. Amen.
Now, as important as it is for us to pray for ourselves, it's equally important, if not more important, for us to pray for our children. As adults, we know by now that the world is not perfect and the world can be a hurtful place. It doesn't make it any easier sometimes to deal with things, but we know this, whereas our children do not and our children are going to come up against all the same things that curse us, all those same words that are spoken to us to make us feel bad so that we'll go purchase a product, to make us feel bad so that we'll go work with a person, to make us feel bad so that we let somebody else take over and tell us what it is that we're supposed to do with our time and our money and our lives. That's just the way the world works. It's the power of marketing and the power of persuasion. And it isn't just that. It's the people in your life. You might have somebody who's a bit more aggressive. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of us have been in abusive relationships. And we know what that is. And unfortunately, those cycles can repeat themselves. So it's really important to start breaking all of that off. Breaking all those negative thoughts, the negative patterns off of yourself. And at the same time, trying to do that for your children or teaching your children a different way to be so that they don't follow in that negative footstep, but instead they follow the positive one where we're trying to reach out and do the best that we can and we're trying to do the best for ourselves and for our lives and for our kids. It's a very powerful example. Now, if your children are handy and you can place your hands upon them, that is awesome. This is just to focus the prayer and to make it a bit more intense. This is not any kind of, you know, hocus pocus type stuff. So place your hand upon them to help you focus. And if not, you can grab a picture. If you have a picture handy, you can use that or simply stretch your hands in the direction that your children are. For example, today my children are not joining me for the prayer walk. We have a different prayer session set they're working on their homeschool assignments. Well, Skylar's taking a nap. <laughs> Skylar Marie is sleeping. But CJ's working on a homeschool assignment. He's also working on his projects for cjskidsclub.com. So he's not with me right now for this recording. I'm going to stretch my hand out in their direction. And usually what I do is they're usually with me when we're doing these live. So I'll put my hand on his head when I'm talking or when we're praying over the boys and my hand on my daughter's head when we're praying over the girls. And of course, for both of them, both my hands. And yeah. So if you don't have kids, you can also place your hand upon your tummy. If you don't, uh, if you plan on having children, but you're not pregnant yet, you can still place your hand upon your tummy. Start blessing your womb now. Start blessing the children even before they come into being. If you don't intend to ever have children and you're not pregnant, You can always pray for the children in your family, the children in your neighborhood. A lot of times we don't know what someone else is going through and we might see a behavior that we don't like or we don't appreciate and it's coming out and we think, gosh, this is terrible. They're being raised in such a terrible manner or isn't there someone there for them? Maybe there isn't someone there for them and maybe it's your prayer that's going to start bringing positive changes into their lives never know how powerful a prayer can be. So let's get started. We're going to bless the children. Now for our sons, Yasim Elohim Kefraim Yusei Manasseh, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. For our daughter, Yasimech Elohim Kasara Rivka Rachel Vilea, may God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. For both the boys and the girls, Yerecha Ha Danai Yivish Manecha, Yaira Danai Panavilacha Vihunika, Yisa Danai Panavilacha, Vyasim Lacha Shalom. May God bless you and watch over you. May God shine his face toward you and show you favor. 
May God be favorably disposed toward you, and may he grant you peace. Amen. Now my Hebrew needs a little bit of work. I'm going to be starting a... Well, actually, it needs a lot of work, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be starting a Hebrew class pretty soon, and if you're interested and would like to join in as well, let me know. I can get you the information for that, or we can possibly have our own peer-led class. Obviously not led by me. <laughs> I, too, would be a student. But if you're interested, let me know. Hit me up at any one of my websites or through social media. Send me a private message and I'll get back in touch with you. So it's been amazing having you with me today. Our closing prayer is O Elohim, our Adonai. But before we do that, I would like to say a special blessing for you, for me, for all of us. God bless you with an amazing day full of all kinds of unexpected gifts, benefits, promotions, raises, delicious snacks, and all good things may be treated with dignity and respect by everyone you come into contact with. May you treat others with dignity and respect so they'll find no fault with you. May you be safe coming and going, especially while you're at work or you're at school. May you be healed of anything that needs to be healed mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and sexually so that you can have genuine peace and happiness. May you see, feel, hear, experience at least one thing today, preferably more, but at least one thing that'll let you know that God is watching, he's listening, he's working things out for everyone's highest good. And may you sense him all around you and with you and in you so that nothing else exists except his goodness and his grace. God bless you, my sweet friends, and please know that I always wish you much peace, happiness, and success, and if there's ever anything that I can do for you, even if it's just to lend a listening ear, please do not hesitate to get in touch with me. Hope you'll join me again tomorrow. O Elohim, our Adonai, if we are weary, give us strength. If we are discouraged, give us hope. If we have forgotten how to pray, remind us. If we have been careless of time, forgive us. Keep us from blaming others for our own faults. Help us to heal the wounds that we have thoughtlessly inflicted. Keep us from the pride that blinds the mind and from the anger that walks the heart. We thank you for the strength to work. We thank you also for the gift of rest. To the sick and the suffering, send your hope. To the forgotten and the lonely, send your love. To the confused and the distressed, send your light. To the weary and the wronged, send renewed strength. To the pursuers of justice, send wisdom and courage. To the seekers of peace, send vision and resolve. In moments of temptation, give us strength. In hours of doubt, renew our faith. Amen. <laughs>